two of our special Dog Days of Summer episode. So if you've missed part one, go back and belly back up to that bar and give it a listen first. We promise to save a seat right here for you, won't we, Gina? Uh, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 Summertime. It is. You definitely want to go back, get that tip trick. And then uh, Gina was giving us the, the down low on all things Buffalo and Bergen. So you don't want to miss that. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a good listen, especially if you have a business. Because yeah. then you, have to get in, you can get into your own business and feel, <laughs> and feel all the stress that I'm feeling. So we're getting into your business so we can figure out how to fix our business. <laughs> there, you go. there you go. There you go. Well, you had some really exciting things going on. So um, I'd like to start this off with just a little, uh, you know, a little shot of something. You know, I'm going for some little tequilas. I'm going to do a little some uh, trace generations. Um, so, can I ask you a question, Louise, from our past yes. episode? Tell me that you haven't changed your tequila choices. What? No, this is, I have so many downstairs. I just bought something that other people would know because I have so many that I bring in from Mexico that are small batch that I don't bring them up for this. Louise, tell me that you haven't changed your, um, your tequila selections based on our last episode. Oh, <gasps> Uh, no, I have not. I, I I'm I'm gonna embrace that one. I because this one is an anejo. So um so what Gina is referring to is a previous episode that we learned how vanilla extract, how certain um in the food and beverage industry, how they get to a uh, vanilla flavor. Natural flavoring. <laughs> it's natural flavoring. And I did Google it. It, it, and it does happen, is they use the secretion of a beaver's anus, anal <laughs> extraction, um, to, and, uh, yeah, to, <laughs> to get the you vanilla flavoring. Say. Yes. I'm not sure who the first person in the world said, you know, let me, let me lick a beaver's anus to find out that it tastes like vanilla. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I can't get over it. I know this episode is supposed to be about other cocktails, but I just got to tell you right now, I still can't get over natural flavorings that is allowed to be this particular thing and not be on the bottle. Like, what the F and what the fuck is going on in this world? You know, I got, I kind of have to think about this, though, because, you know, we eat all parts of animals and all of a sudden this one part. I'm okay with all of part. They milk the beaver. The yeah. beaver is alive. And then they milk the beaver. It's not like the beaver's dead and they use the, and they do all, no. They milk a beaver. I mean, do they take it out to dinner first? I mean, <laughs> I, I feel so. like, I mean, I feel like it's a very sexual act. I don't know. I, I, I don't, don't know. know. I, I don't know if the beaver would agree that it's sexual. It'd be like uh, maybe violating the poor beaver. Um, Honestly, I can't have, I can't, I can't do it. All right, I don't so even care. what are you going to tip then? I'm tipping tequila. All I have right, no idea what's I am, all right. I am, here's it, ready? When, I'm, I think I'm just gonna do a little vodka on ice. All right. Vodka on ice. Vodka no on shot, ice. Look vodka at you. on ice. All right, here we go. Cheers. Cheers. Until I can do all my research on all of the liquor <laughs> that I would find approved, <laughs> I'm not drinking anything. I'm just drinking vodka and the rum I know for sure. The two tequilas I know for sure. I'm gonna keep it real simple. There you go. I guess you know. You know, you never know what you're gonna learn. Where the dog day summer idiom comes from, where vanilla flavor comes from. You just never know they what the hell they're gonna tell you. They literally milk a beaver's ass. I can't get over it. 
<laughs> and then, I, of course, I had to like start going down a rabbit hole about this whole thing and then what else it's in. And no, food. it's a beaver's hole, not a rabbit's hole. Yeah, and I, <laughs> yeah right. Oh, God. <laughs> and how it's in all of these, all of these cookies. There's in cookies. Yeah, yeah. It's in all kinds of stuff. I was like, I mean, I didn't have any of that. I didn't have any of the cookies in my house. But my, I've definitely eaten those cookies. <laughs> I've given them to my kids. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. I'm like, I can't do anything anymore. And then here's, what, here's the craziest part. Vanilla is cheaper than this natural flavoring. I, what? Yeah. Why are we using this other thing when you can just use vanilla? Do you know there's, know. There, actually, there's quite a few things they use for vanilla flavoring. Who know the secretion of a beaver's ass would be one of them. Um, but they also use, it's called balsam of Peru, and it's from a tree. And uh, that's uh, another thing that they do. And you're like, okay. And I found out I was allergic to it at one point in time. Wait, Louise, do you even know how, I, I can't believe I'm still talking about this. We talked about this on the whole other episode. Did you, but as I went through, I, again, I did a deeper dive into it. Do you, under, do you know why they came to using this, this, this vanilla flavor, this natural flavoring? Is because they were looking for a musk for perfumes. Oh, okay. For now that makes cologne, actually. And then also um, Chanel. Well, am I supposed yeah. to say that? I don't even care. For Chanel number five. Now I believe that. I know that musk has been, the animal musks. Now I didn't, it makes sense when you tell me that's how they came about using both of these things, but uh, yeah. So um, so I know my list our listeners can't see you right now, but I'm watching Louise put double mics on both of her boobs and she looks like a mom about to like um, milk her. Speaking of milking, I'm flashing and I'm working by myself. So the guests, everyone knows, our listeners know, we're virtual today. Um, Jean is up at her house. I'm at my house in my kitchen. And I'm flying without any of my tech geeks around. And my mic started flashing, so I've just got a backup. <laughs> <laughs> Literally like a new mom, like about to express all the milk out of her boobs. I can't even right now. I'm gonna die. I can't even look at her. Oh, it's like you have nipple tassels like, on. And they're fuzzy. <laughs> Where is Dave? She is wearing her mics down low, everybody. Cha cha cha. All right. Speaking about down low, tell us how how things going um, specifically with Buffalo and Bergen after uh, the, since our recovery, you know, our world's recovery from pandemic. And how do you what do you think's happening in the world in general, like in in the food and beverage world, rather? Tough. Yeah. Tough environment right now, yeah. It's Still? Tough environment. I think that the rising cost, inflation, and then, um, you know, uh, wage increases, which is, was a necessary thing. I, I'm, a, I'm for the wage increases, which is great. Um, misunderstanding of some laws is, has been an issue. So let's break it down because this is really uh, a quick, uh, not a quick topic, but a, a very simple it's topic important. to understand. If Inflation has risen in your own home, in your own grocery store. It definitely has done the same in a restaurant. Yeah. So having a cost increase, it's inevitable. Yeah. I went to, um, I'll just say, I went to McDonald's with my kids because they never shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> so I once in a while give in and I'm like, here, you can have it. So just like, well, they will stop talking about it. And... And I would like to thank my friend Mara if she ever listens to the podcast for that because they never had McDonald's until Mara took them there. Anyway, 
Um, we went there and a Happy Meal, no, a cheeseburger meal is $8.59. Wow. Yes. So if McDonald's has to bear the burden of the inflation, then so does every other little restaurant, right? Yeah. Yep. So it is, um, you don't need to complain to your local restaurant that the prices went up. We all know. Yeah. We yeah. all know the prices have increased. And it is, um, what I tell people that go to restaurants is like, at least get what you're paying for. Do you know what I mean? Like, is it quality? Is it good? Is it fresh? Do they put the care into it? Do they treat you nicely? Then yes, of course, support the business. But um, it's, it's rough with the inflation. The second thing is the wage increases. Now, the wage increases are something that comes on the business owner. Not, it does not get translated to the guests. Restaurants that translate to the guests, that's their own thing. I, I do not do that. It is um, something that I bear. But what I will say is that the wage increase is there on our side, but the tipping to people that do service should not go away. You should tip your service people. Again, these are people providing things for you, right? Service. Let's just talk about what service is, right? Restaurants, um, hair salons, nail salons, um, you know, people that go get pedicures or foot massages, sure. massages, masseuse. Um, for me, garbage people, we have people that do sanitation or recycling and, um, anybody that delivers something to my house, I yeah. believe that they all deserve service because they're doing something you can do yourself, but choose not to. Yeah. And you shouldn't, the rooster agrees. Um, you should, you should take care of these people and it shouldn't be like the thing where you're like, oh, um, well, they increase their wages, so they don't need the money. They do need the money, so you should, you know, take care of them, right? That just do your part and take care of them. And if you don't want to do your part, then don't go out. That's my thing. If you right? can't afford to tip, this is part of the experience. If you can't tip and tip well, go when you can. That's part of the experience. That's part of, of the event. Um, and if you need to do it less often, because to your point, oh, that's funny. Uh, if you need to do it less often because you can't, it, your pocketbook can't uh, withstand that tip and that extra money going out, then unfortunately maybe you need to pick how often you do it because not tipping should not be the answer. And I, and I think you're right, right? Like I think that like, yeah, just make it, and, I, and I, I don't agree that you go everywhere and you got, if someone gives you a tip thing, right? Like yeah. if I'm picking up a dozen cupcakes that you didn't make, Right? I'm not, why am I tipping you? Right? I, I understand that. Right? Like, I understand that. Like, or, or donuts, or if you're picking up bagels and cream cheese from my restaurant and you're just putting that in the back, sure. Why, why would you tip on that? But if my guys are making you cocktail after cocktail after cocktail and coffee drinks and you're sitting at the counter and you've eaten a full meal and all that, then yeah, a little something for the effort is very nice to do. Yeah. It's I not nice. Both I, think sides. It, I think it should happen. I think it's. I, I see it as a mandatory. Um, I, to your point, I was at a like a small retail store the other day, and I bought a few things. Is a little boutique store, and there was a chip jar, and I went. I, that surprised. That one I didn't get. I mean, it, it's a retail store, and there was a tip jar for the person who was running the register. That I don't understand either. That yeah. is because and like. But that could, that's also, again, you know, that could be the owner of the business, right? Where, like, you need to pay your people a living wage. Yeah. Right? Like, you need to do the right thing. This is the reason why, like, I have very little turnover in my restaurants. 
people that do leave, they go on to different jobs. Like, they're so friendly with us. We have nobody that's left that's like, I'm never, ever coming there again. I think that you have to treat your employees the way you want to be treated. I see a lot of people that do own restaurants that live extravagant lifestyles, and I'm always like, how the fuck can you afford to do that with everybody else doing what they do? I still, I think, personally, that running a restaurant is, is, an, is a maniac's dream because I must... Because I must be like in fucking sane to keep doing yeah. this, but I I also I also enjoy it. I, I enjoy the chaos, but I enjoy giving the experience to the guest. No, I I totally agree. I mean, I you know when you have allowed me to go and do a little help out in suburbia, I find I it's so much fun. I of course I'm not doing the hard work of setup or breakdown, but I'm enjoying the time. It, taking, you know, offering somebody a cocktail or a drink. And, you know, so if everyone knows this suburbia is this, uh, sits outside of Union Market here in DC and, uh, and Gina serves uh, frozen cocktails and a few beers. Yeah. And, uh, and a few shots. So somebody like me, who's not a skilled bartender like Gina can absolutely get behind that little bar space and serve up a few things. And it, for me, it's so, I have a really good time. It's like being a host of a party. So I enjoy it. Um, but man, after a few hours of doing it, I'm like, Ooh, I'm tired. I am wiped out. So to do that every day for a full shift is a lot different than my experience, obviously. Um, it's, it takes it's a lot of work. It's a, my point is a lot of work, and um, you must yeah, be and that, crazy. And that's why you're, and that's, but that's also why you're tipping those people, right? Because they're the people wiping down your chairs before you get there, mm -hmm. making sure everything's amazing, making those batches free. I mean, they make everything. Yeah. Right. Anyway. But but to and my then, point, you're also crazy because you enjoy it. Like I mean, there is, but that I think it's that service, like to to your fellow man, the fact that you're. It's a call to service. Yeah. It is a real thing. Call to service is a real thing, whether it's religious or it's military or it's the service industry or it's cutting hair. Yeah. There is a, a certain feel that you have for other human beings and you service them. And yeah. it is just simple as that. It is a call to service and it's a... Um, it's a beautiful thing when you do it right for humanity and it's a really fucked up thing when you abuse it. And, pe and people can abuse it. It's power. There is power to it. Absolutely, because it's service, right? But I don't know how being grateful or gracious is something that we shouldn't all apply. You know, I mean, it's, it's baffling me. Um, I know we all have our tough times and sometimes you'll have a catch customer on a bad day and, you know, they, because we all have them and, you know, but I don't know. My whole point is let's be nice, you know damn what, it. <laughs> you know what I was going to say? You know what would be really nice this year? Or next year, or forever, for your lives is like, to, in, like, you go to everybody goes to a restaurant or a coffee or whatever, right? And like, they don't ever like Instagram it, like, oh, great service today, or love my bartender, or whatever. They'll take a picture of something, and they'll be like, I ate this and it was delicious, or I ate this, don't ever eat this, right? Why don't you just put a thank you to the people that did, like, the place that you go all the time? Why don't you instead of gramming, whatever it is, just gram the people and be like. Thank you so much for showing up five days a week at your this business to make sure that you know my drink when I walk in the door. That's great. I mean, you, like, that's great. I mean, why don't you do that for them? Like, that's I think a little thank you would go a really long way in this new in this new post COVID um, uh, inflation hike 
insanity. And, and, and the restaurant businesses, just so we're clear, are losing people daily, daily. Our, our industry is suffering. Yeah. Even though people don't have jobs. And like right now we're, we're witnessing like the tech world collapsing and people are trying to get jobs in different fields. Um, the restaurant industry is still like just suffering on labor and you should be thankful that somebody's there. Yeah, no, you know, we just had that experience. I'm sorry, we just had that experience on Sunday. It's a restaurant you and I both know and somewhere that I go all the time. And I could see that there were definitely, there were two servers down on that floor because obviously, I mean, me going often allowed me, I could do the simple math going, but my server who I've known for years was just like, I'm so sorry, Louise, I'm so sorry. I'm like, don't be sorry. You don't, you have too many tables. But it's, he's, it, it, they were also two servers down and it's not from lack of trying. Those people are working twice as hard. And the unfortunate part of that is other people won't know, won't see the fact that they're doing the best they can in, to your point, in a, in a staff shortage, during a staff shortage. Um. I mean, like these, like uh, last few weeks, like my husband and I both are covering shifts, right? Because, because we're just like a little bit short because we have a, an outdoor bar, Suburbia is mm -hmm. open. So we're a little bit short, but we don't want to like make the customer suffer. And I don't, really yeah. don't want to make my employees suffer. Like they shouldn't pick up the slack for, you know, something and we don't, and we don't take any of their gratuities or anything like that. So it's actually nice when they get an extra body, better tips and they get to keep it, you know? So yeah. yep. what, what, what could possibly be wrong with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So that is the current environment of restaurants. Everywhere. So after all that heaviness, do you think, uh, look at me being an asshole. Do you think maybe you can make me a cocktail? Uh, yes. Let's go taste that cocktail from episode one. You need the tip to make this. Okay, so 50-50 cocktail, right? One of my actual favorites. It's so easy to drink. It's half vermouth, half gin, half vodka, half whatever you want it to be. That's what 50-50 means, right? And our friend Simon Ford is like a big um, fan of this. He's done it with Ford's gin. You know, we've done this with um, Hendrix. You know, it's just making sure that you, when you have only a drink with like two ingredients, you want to make sure those two ingredients are delicious, right? Well, we're gonna take this a step further and we're gonna make a bottled 50-50, right? So what we're gonna do is we're gonna take some shallots and we are going to slice the shallots. And let me um, just tell you one thing, I'm just gonna slide over for a second. So when you're slicing shallots, you kind of have like a little bit of like a, like a little, um, you know, you wanna be a little bit careful when you're doing it because they're really, really slippery. And um, one thing is that they will definitely linger and leave the flavor um, on your fingers or the smell on your fingers, not the flavor, unless you're looking at your fingers, which is kind of gross. Um, you don't want to do that. So you're going to take your bottle and you're going to put in the bottom of it um, two slices of the shallots. And then we're going to use rosemary, right? Because it's like, almost like you're cooking. So we're going to take some rosemary and we'll put that in our bottle as well. And now we're going to take two ounces of gin um, two ounces of vermouth and one ounce of water, which would make one cocktail, right? So we're gonna make two here and put it in a little mini bottle, um, which is about a, a seven, eight ounce bottle. So why don't we, we'll just go ahead and double this and we'll do four ounces of gin. And then we're gonna add our vermouth for four ounces. And then we're gonna add um, two ounces of water. So now we're making two cocktails and we're putting it in the um, fridge. If you want to make more and you want to have like this in the freezer or your refrigerator for when you get home from work and you're going to do this for like a week, you can, like, I love the fact that I just said that you guys should all be drinking this for a week, right? <laughs>
Um, if you want to do that, you're just going to basically double, triple, and add. And if you don't love rosemary and you're like, that's gross, and you love thyme, put thyme in there. Doesn't matter. Whatever you put in is, you know, unique to you. I just love the shallots with the vermouth. It's like delicious. So we're going to go ahead and put that in there, right? So we have that sitting in our bottle. Well, by the magic of television or podcasting, we have one that's all ready to go. And we're going to put this into our container. And when all you're going to do is you're going to pour this into a mixing glass. And then we're going to add some ice, which I forgot to grab. So let me grab some. It's shocking that I pre-made a drink and I couldn't remember the ice. So we're going to put the ice in and we're going to give it a stir. And we all know the rule of thumb, right? So we're going to stir this. It's 30 times. If your house is above 68 degrees or you're doing this on a patio, it's 45 to 50 times when it feels cold to you. Um, if you want to drink this hot, that's different. And I would like you to do that on camera and send it to me at Designated Drinker on Instagram because I think that's pretty funny and I will definitely share it. Um, anyway, so we're going to take this and now we're going to strain this. Um, now, you had a little bit of shallots in there if you're really like worried that there's going to be some sort of problem with it. Um, then you could double strain it. You don't really need to. It sticks in the bottom of it. So we're gonna strain this. And then we're just gonna give it a little garnish. And I put a little, little extra um, rosemary or lemon peel. Either one would work. Um, really doesn't need anything. It's quite delicious. So cheers. And I uh, hope you like it, Louise. Oh, you know this is all about me. This is absolutely what I love to drink. Now you saw how we made the cocktail. Take it, keep it in your refrigerator, keep it in a jar. Make sure you keep it in glass. It's very, very important glass. And the 50-50 is nice because you literally, it's a little bit lighter and you get a little bit more um, aromatics on it because you have more vermouth. Um, you could add a little bit of bitters to it if you want to. And then like adding the fresh um, herbs to it. It's just really lovely. And you know, Again, it's just the ratios of like how you do everything. And then if you don't want to stir the drink in ice, remember you can add the water into the uh, mixture and you can keep it in your freezer and it's ready to go. You can pour it directly into your martini glass. And if you, because um, it won't freeze, right? Or you can, um, you know, stir it over fresh ice, but you need to add some water. So don't just drink it straight. You have to put some water in it. It's too strong. You will be like, what is this garbage? Or you have to ask, you know, think about it as maybe you have a problem. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> maybe need I'm a meeting. Kidding. No, I, I, I just, uh, I just explained to somebody. I felt like I felt super smart, and I would say after six seasons um, hanging out with you, I've learned a little bit. I was explaining why water was so important when you um, drink. Um, like fully loaded alcohol, like you know whether you're drinking it neat or how to open how it opens it up and blah blah blah. I felt I felt very sophisticated, Gina. So thank you. <laughs> hey, I have a funny thing for everybody. This is really funny. So my sister-in-law, right? She does um, organic cleaning products. Okay. Right, and she uses um, Everclear sometimes as like a solution. Mm -hmm. And she put in it um, like lavender and. I think it was like tangerine and <laughs> I don't know, something, right? And I was like, God, that smells delicious. And she's like, she's like, it's clean solution. I'm like, what did you use? And she's like, I was like, that's not your normal alcohol. She goes, oh no, I used Everclear. I saw it on a TikTok or some shit. And I was thinking, well, that'd be delicious if you dilute that with some lemonade. And 
<laughs> you fucking drank it. So I was thinking, like, how awesome would it be for, like, the secret booze bag mom that could have, like, all of her cleaning solutions, <laughs> the actual alcohol, and you could also make a cocktail with it. I was, like, dying laughing. I was thinking, like, her a squirt on the glass, a squirt in your mouth. A squirt on the glass, yeah. a squirt in your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> or, like, clean your counters, clean your counters, and then um, mist over your martini. Yeah. I was, like, in, I was in tears, like, cracking up. She's in my course, my sister-in-law is looking at me, like, are you okay? And I'm like, this is the greatest thing. She's like, I just use this for my counters. I'm like, that's funny. It's it's really smart. Yeah, well, anyway. During COVID, a lot of people, I mean, I used some crap that I had down there that I knew I wasn't going to drink because we couldn't get, that's when we couldn't get like hand wipes or anything like that. Or yeah. Our sanitation like solution for when we, when we thought we had to have it on all things at all times. Um, yeah, I just used some of the, some of the things that I knew I'd never put in my mouth. So, uh, anyway, so where are they going to go to get this tip not how, how to make boozy, uh, cleaning solutions? I don't know. I might give you my sexual laws <laughs> recipe how to do it because it's fun. <laughs> She does, she makes some good stuff. Maybe about my sister-in-law. She's like a crate. She can make everything. It's wild. Anyway. That's great. Um, we're going to go to Designated Drink It Out Show for um, this cocktail recipe. And then again, make it your own, right? Make Put them in your freezer. Sophisticated drinks in the summer. Do it, do it, do it. Yep. All the videos are there, but they're, of course, like Tijuana always tells you, remind you, that they're also on Instagram, they're on you, the YouTubes, so you can see her in action firsthand, you know, watch her do it, not just hear her do it. And interact. Ask questions on, D on Instagram. Yeah. I will answer you in real time. Let's do this. Yep. Like, I, mean, I, I, I monitor that more than I, than I monitor um, <laughs> any questions anywhere else. I do. I stare at Even her kids. <laughs> they're running around on the farm somewhere. I don't know where they are. I haven't heard them in a while, and I heard screaming in the background. I was like, they might be dead. I don't know. So maybe we should wrap this episode. Is that what you're saying? So you can go see where they are? I don't know. Cheers. <laughs> I'm, I'm, Spock is not. Spock is going to be still in my last, so we're fine. There we go. All right. Cheers. Cheers, my love. Love you. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a Latino-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, we craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers. Now if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, please don't forget to follow, download, and review the shows. Your reviews help our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.